to those of you who are in the house this morning, thank you for being here. Appreciate the fellowship that we'll have together as family. And for those of you who couldn't make it or are listening on the internet, happy Father's Day. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I, inevitably, it just always ha- I mean, there's a lump in my throat right now, and I don't know why. Because <laughs> God is our Father. Yes. Lord God, we're gathered in the name of Jesus, but we're here to honor you, our Father in Heaven. We humans... Choose this day, whether it be for commercialism, capitalism, whatever we we have, we call this day Father's Day to honor the fathers, our earthly fathers. But Father, in the name of Jesus, there are people who are gathered here who are honoring you as our heavenly Father. We love you, God. We know that you love us. You know that you've provided many, many things, and and Lord, you. You tell us specifically in your word how fathers should be leading their families, how fathers are kind of a, a picture of our heavenly father to care and, and nurture and, and provide for their families. Lord, I haven't always gotten it right. But it's not because of your shortcoming. It's not because you haven't provided. But I thank you, Lord, this morning that all of those attributes, all of those things that you provide for us, all of those things that you are, that you are merciful. So thank you, Lord, that even though I've messed up a time or two or three or four, Father, that you are full of grace and mercy. So in Jesus' name, Lord, would you please impart more of your character into us this morning through your word. Father, whether whether we are fathers or whether... Father, we're your children. So impart your character into your children this morning, spiritually, supernaturally, by your word. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. Well, this morning, uh, I I had planned on getting into the Sermon on the Mount quite a while ago, but then things happened and the Lord led me elsewhere. So let me just ask you, what comes to mind... First thing, don't shout it out, but just think about it. The first thing that comes to your mind, what comes to your mind when you hear the word blessed or blessing? I'll guarantee you it's not exactly what we're going to be being taught out of the word this morning. So I'm going to begin, and most of what we speak about today will be coming out of Matthew chapter 5. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. So please hang with me, and I, and I ask, I know sometimes it gets boring or whatever, unless I'm jumping up and down and spitting and spewing, you get a little relaxed or you start to fall asleep. Please, pay attention to the Word of God this morning. It's, it's, and we have to do a little bit of exposition so that you truly understand. In uh, chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 of Matthew, And seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for they so persecuted the prophets who were before you. And Jesus, these are obviously those of us who have been in church for a while and maybe even those of us who have not been in the church for a while. We understand those to be the Beatitudes. Those are the Beatitudes. You know, what we should be. My brothers and sisters, the, the, it's not just simply receiving these things or, or being happy or being well off or, or whatever, all that's part of it, but not in the sense, today hopefully we'll go deeper, and I, I know some of you already have an understanding to a degree, but I, I, I pray that the Lord would bring us a deeper understanding and we would be 
able to really receive something of God this morning. In verse 12, I said, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, so my brothers and sisters, in, in the last two verses, actually, he says, Blessed are you when you suffer for his name's sake, and blessed are you when you're persecuted. And he says, listen, they, they did so to the prophets. They did so to the other men of God that I used. He, they did so to, to my others, to those who I used, to those who were blessed of me, to those who were my mouthpieces, to those who were the holy men, those, those who were considered uh, the ones who were walking with God. He says, so, so they did that to them. But great is your reward in the kingdom of heaven. See, uh, my brothers and sisters, so many times I think what we're, we're doing is we're trying to make it to heaven. We're, you know, and, and what can we do to make it to heaven? And we're looking for that reward in heaven. Am I looking for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Am I looking for him to split the sky at any moment? You know, yes, and for us to be raptured out of here, for us to go home and be with him? Absolutely. Am I? But it hasn't happened yet. And he still has me, you, we're here still. And there's a reason for that. Amen? So now he's not calling us, he's calling us blessed, not just when we receive the reward in heaven. He's saying we're blessed right here, right now. Okay? It doesn't always feel that way, does it? So let's go, now just real quick, we'll go to Matthew 5 and we'll have it up on the board here. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. He was seated, uh, he seated his, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor. Now many of you know that Markarios is the Greek word which that word blessed comes from. And that means supremely blessed. Supremely. Ultimately, it's just you, re- I mean, it's just, there, there's no other, there's nothing above it. You're supremely blessed. You're, you're, you're fortunate. You're well off. You, you, you're happy. You're blessed. You're, you've, you've got, you're sup- there's nothing better. Supremely blessed. Do you get it? That's what that word m- means. But now look at, remember, um, you know, the, the Old Testament news, they run together. They run together. God's word doesn't change. And we see examples in the Old Testament of, of things in the New Testament. In, in fact, there's the Septuagint, Septuagint is the Greek copy which includes the Old Testament. The Old Testament word, is, I'm going to give you this word in the, this next scripture I give you. This corresponds with this, but it's written in Hebrew, but translated in the Septuagint to the Greek, and the same word is used. Psalm 1 Verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Do you see that word blessed there? That, that originated, you know, that's, that's, it was written in Hebrew. That word is uh, esher. Esher. Happiness. Like, wow happy. Like, wow. Like, ultimate happy. Right? Do you see how that corresponds with that Greek word, makarias? Are, are, you, are you there? But that word originates... Ashar, ashar is the Hebrew word, to be straight, especially to be level, to be right, to be happy. Things are in their right position. It's right. Are you with me? Hang on to that. See, that, that root word where Esher comes from, comes from ashar. Ashar, it's, it, it means to be in a right place. It means to be happy, level, straight. Are you with me? Okay, hang on to that if you can. Put that in the back of them, but to be happy. Okay. Now, there are other words for blessed in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm going to give them to you. Try not to get hung up in the weeds. But I really wanted to uh, something a little bit more expository so that you know and you don't get confused. In Ephesians 1, in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing uh, in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, that word blessed in the New Testament is not makarias. It's a different word. It's eulogoetos. Which means it's it's come from it comes from another word eulogale, to speak well of, to bless or to thank, invoke a benediction like I bless you in the name of Jesus. See, that's it's different. It's 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 to it's 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 to praise. How do we bless God? See, what it says, blessed is the man who walk. I'm sorry, blessed is the God and Father. How do we bless God? We praise Him. We honor Him. We bow our knee to Him. That's how we bless God. Right? So that, that speaks to that blessing. Um, the, it, it, speaking of Ellie, speaking a, condemna, a commendation, speaking a commendation to someone, that's blessing them. Are you, are you with me? Okay? Um, adoration. Um, I, I, when, I, when I 
was going to propose to my wife, I, I asked my father-in-law's uh, permission to ask Michelle to marry me, and I, I wanted his blessing, right? I, I wanted his approval. I wanted him, I didn't want him to pay a lot of money, hey, give me your blessing, or you know, see what you could do for me. I was already getting the prize, right? <laughs> Someone better share that with her, because you always tell her the other things, so... I was already getting the prize, but you see what? But I wanted his blessing. I wanted him to look favorably upon the union of of my of his daughter and, and myself. Are you are you with me? See, so you get the difference between those two words. There's there's in the Bible. There's going, that word blessing means a couple of different things depending on which word that it's translated from in the Greek and in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, again, I, I love it. It corresponds. There's there's another correspondence in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, here's what it says. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth, they shall be blessed. In you, all the families of the earth blessed. Now that word, again, is not uh, ashar like we did in the first place. This one's different. This is more in line with what we just read out of Ephesians. And it's barak. Barak, to kneel by implication of bless God. Again, as an act of adoration. Are you with me? So you see, when I'm blessing the Lord, I bless the Lord by kneeling before Him, praising Him, obeying Him, worshiping Him. I adore Him. That's how I bless the Lord. Right? And he blesses me. How does he bless me? He, he pronounces me um, worthy of this. He pronounces me in this place. He, he speaks a blessing over me. When, gosh, I, 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 got, I, I was trying to think of an example for you. Remember when um, Jacob was about to go back into his country and he was fearful of Esau? Right? And remember, he was sending gifts and he was sending his family and he was sending all of his wealth and all presents before him. And then he stayed back and he wrestled with God. Remember that? And remember, he's wrestling with God. And God had to touch his hip, take it out of socket. And, and God is saying to him, Hey, let me go. The dawn is about to break. Uh uh-uh. uh. This is what Jacob said. Remember what he said? I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. And so what happened? So the, the angel of the Lord, God spoke a blessing and, and money rained down from heaven. No. He spoke something to him. He spoke something to him. No longer are you going to be called the deceiver. No longer are you going to be called Jacob, heel catcher. Now you're going to be called Israel. Now you're going to be called the prince of God. He pronounced a blessing over him. Now, in that moment... Was he crowned the prince of God? No. In that moment, did all of his troubles go away? No. No. But he absolutely, God spoke a blessing. He pronounced that blessing over him in that moment. Isn't that great? So that's the difference between those words. Okay, you got it now. See, I don't know how actually how far we're going to get into uh, this. This, uh, this is like the preamble to it. But I want you to get the full zis boom ba. Are you with me? So what is a happy and a blessed life? Remember, Mark Arias. What is a happy and blessed life? What does it mean to be supremely happy, supremely blessed, be in this, this place, be just so fortunate that people look at you and say, wow, how happy is that guy? What is that? What, what, what is it like? What, what's that life? What, is it, what does a blessed life mean? Does, does it just mean a successful life? Does, does, it, does it mean that? For a Christian, for a disciple of Christ, for a born again, see, you can't be a Christian and not be a disciple. You remember that. If you're, if you're a Christian, that means you're a disciple. That means you're following Christ, right? If you're not following Christ, if you're not a disciple, it doesn't matter what you call yourself, you're not a Christian. All right? I hate to burst somebody's bubble. That's just truth. Okay, so, so for a Christian or for a disciple of Christ, is, is a happy life or is, is, is a blessed life, is that like a great marriage? Does that mean you have obedient children? All your children are... Time for church. Mom, I'm ready. Let's go to church. Or, or, you know, all the other kids are doing it, but I'm not going to, Mom, because I prefer you and your house rules. No, no. Is it a spirit-filled ministry? 
is a blessed life, is a happy life, the ultimate, the supreme happiness is a, yeah, you, you know, God has, has placed this ministry of reconciliation on you, and whether you're a pastor in a pulpit or whether you're in a ministry of helps, if you're a volunteer at the church, or no matter where you find yourself, you're a minister of God because we've all been called to a ministry of reconciliation. So are things going really, really great in that department? Does that mean that your life is blessed? You're successful. How about this? Physical health. Physically, I'm healthy, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm ha- you know, so everything turns on that. Well, because I'm... No, because I know some people that have ailments that are just have, have faith. And I know people who have had ailments and, and are happy. I mean, le- legitimately have the joy of the Lord. How about a successful career? What about on the job you're, you're working? What about if you're still in school, you're in college, or you're in high school, or whatever, where you find yourself, you're happy, or, or you know, you're blessed because, man, everything is going great academically, and I'm on the dean's list, I'm on the honor roll, I got this going on, I got that. How about if you're an athlete? Man, I'm scoring, we got a great athlete in this room. You know, is, is, should we say that that athlete is just absolutely living a blessed life because he, he or she is being recognized because of, of their, their physical attributes as it relates to uh, athletics, whatever, whatever they find themselves in, whatever they find, uh, whatever field of competition that they're in uh, athletically, they're just excelling and people are re- recognizing them. Is that a blessed life? How about, I've got some loyal friends. I've got friends that are going to stick by me no matter what. And that is a blessing. But is that how I should define a blessed life? Because I have a few friends that put up with me, <laughs> no matter what, that are good friends. Not, not those fair weather friends. I'm talking about good friends that know me well and stick with me anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. How about uh, financial? This is the biggie. Because this is what's been taught and preached and it's nothing but garbage. Financial. Financial prosperity means that I'm being blessed. Okay, then that means that there are a lot of other people on the other side of this earth who are sacrificing ultimately, I mean just the ultimate sacrifices for God, living in poverty, who love the Lord, and they're not blessed. Baloney. It's not financial. Could, could God bless me financially? Absolutely. Will God bless you financially? Absolutely. Put a bunch of money in the box and watch out. No, see, that's the garbage that we've been taught. That's our mentality. That the giving is about getting. No, see, you know, I'm blessed of God. So, yeah, let me, let me just say this right off the bat. As born-again Christians, we are blessed to be a blessing. Even when God pronounced that blessing over Abram, he was saying that through you, the nations of the earth will be blessed. I'm going to bless you, but through you, you are going to bless other people. See, I'm blessing you, but I'm blessing you for my purpose, for my reason, so that you can bless others. See, unless we really grasp and get a hold of that, we are not going to be truly blessed, happy, supremely blessed. We can be giving until it hurts, we could be giving, 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 and, 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 and in, our, in ourselves, we're not really happy. We're not experiencing this contentment, this, this abundance. We're not, we don't still feel like we're in this good place. Are you with me? Come on, hang on. Some of you are sleeping a little bit. So now let's go back with what we know to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1. Seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and he was, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, I'm going to go to you. I want to look, let, let you see something. Oh, good. Praise the Lord. They got it up. In Luke, this is this synoptic gospel. There's three synoptic gospels, right? What are they? Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels. In this synoptic, Luke says, he's, he, Luke is writing this by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, this same situation. And look what he says. The whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him, and he healed them all. Then he, Jesus, lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, Blessed are your poor. Now you notice the emphasis that I gave you here. His disciples came to him. He lifted his eyes toward his disciples. He taught them. Who? No. Who, who was he teaching? His disciples. Well, why am I saying that? See, when I, when I was sharing with Michelle yesterday about this, she, she, didn't, she looked at me like I was crazy. 
you know what? It's really important that we understand something. This isn't like an evangelistic type of message. When Jesus was being like thronged by the multitudes, man, he preached the, the gospel of the good news of the kingdom of God, and he's preaching all this. But now he's doing something very specific. He's speaking to his followers. He speaks, not just the twelve, whoever had been following him, because we know that the women were just you know, absolutely more uh, engaged. The women just followed him, uh, you know, just with all their vim and vigor. The, the women were, were enthusiastic. The women were standing at the cross. The women, some, the, women did, the women were the first ones that saw him when he rose from the dead. You see, the women were, were there. They were disciples. They were just as much into that as those 12. And so they're included in this, I believe, and I believe that there were, there were more. But these were the people who were truly following Jesus. They truly had a heart after Jesus. They were, they were wanting more. So they're hungry. So Jesus is being thronged. And so as he's being thronged, he walks a little further, and then he sets down and he lifts his eyes to his disciples, those who were closest to him. And he's saying something to them specifically. Come on now. See, this message is not for the unsaved world. This message is not for the sinner. This message is for those of us who say that we're born again. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, if we adhere to these things that Jesus has has told us as His disciples, and we are Christians, we are Christ-like, if we had adhered to these things for all of these years, instead of going this way, that way, the other way, taking this latitude, taking this, um, just being so... I guess, what's the word? Help me, Lord. Just, just lackadaisical about the Word of God and just not really honoring the, the Word of God for letter by the letter and just taking license with it, just, take, just taking great latitude with it and just using it for our gain and using it to build these, these churches and building these monuments to, to these ministries and all that instead of just saying, what is the truth? If we would have done this, if we would have adhered to this, I don't think we'd be in the mess that we're in today as a country. I don't think the church of God, I don't think His body would be divided as it is today. So, He's speaking to His disciples. He's speaking to His followers specifically, those who were close. That's what He's saying. And see, what is He doing? See, remember the question. What, what, what is a happy life? What is blessed? What is being blessed? Well, Jesus is about to say what truly being blessed is. Jesus is defining what blessed is. Are you with me? That's why all of that. So, it's how you should be. How you should be as a disciple. How you should be as His follower. What your attitude should be. You know, if you're a citizen, remember now over the last couple of weeks, then whose body are you a part of? Are you a resident or are you a citizen of the kingdom of God? Because if I'm a resident or a citizen of the kingdom of God, if I have the kingdom of God alive inside of me, then these things should be part of who I am. These things are the things that I should be able to look at and recognize I'm blessed. Oh boy. So I didn't expect anybody to get real excited or to jump up and down in that. I really didn't. And, and to be honest with you, I'm, I would love to be able to stand here and tell you that I've got it nailed, because I don't. But now when I'm reading this, it's, it's affecting me. When I'm reading this, I'm thinking, man, you know, in the middle of these bad situations, do I consider myself still blessed? Do I think about it that way, right in the middle of these bad situations? Am I thinking, man, I'm blessed. I should be, I'm, I'm, I sh- I should be supremely happy right now. I, I'm in a good spot. Do I think that? No. Lord, get me out of here is what I'm really thinking. Lord, is this, should I be experiencing this right now? Come on, God, give me a break. Or I'm thinking, God, I can't take much more of this. Come on now, I'm just being real. I am just being real. My brothers and sisters, and that's wrong. I can't be justified in that. I can't justify myself in that. When I look at this and I see my Lord, my Savior, God in the flesh, telling me, blessed are you when they revile you. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. And here I am, I'm going to be all down, depressed, and, and just be, just golly, my own people don't even, I mean, care about me. My own people think I'm a whack job. No. I'm blessed. That's how I know I'm in a good place. Amen? All right. Some of you got to, I don't know. All right. So now let's go back to Matthew. I'm going to go back. I'm going to jump ahead a few scriptures. I'm going to go to uh, verse 17. 
Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot nor one tittle will not by no means pass from the law till it is all fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I'm, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. But here's the thing. Here's what he's saying. I'm not saying to you that the laws are nullified. There's, no, there's nothing there. We know, in fact, because we get the advantage of looking back. Looking back on the law is just as important as they were looking forward. When we look back at the law, we can see that, you know, and Romans explains it very well, we can see that we are a sinful people by nature and we're in need of a Savior. The law is to point out our weakness. And so now, here, here's what he said. Listen, I'm not saying that, you know, the, you should not teach the law. You should not te- I'm not saying that all of that was nonsense or, or garbage. I'm not saying destroy. He's not saying that. But here, here, here's the thing. So he, he's saying, I, I love this. I want to focus in on verse 20. I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Pay attention to the law because it's teaching you something. But righteousness will not be achieved by the law. By the works of the law shall no flesh be saved. Very, very plainly, that's what we have the revelation of the New Testament on. However, it does, it does show us something. So now, here you have, in his situation, in, in that time, Jesus is saying, you have all of these lawyers, these religious people, these people who are experts in the law, these people who are guiding and, 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 and leading you as it relates to your relationship with God and, and, and the temple and, and worship and, and so on and so forth. And look at what he's saying. If your righteousness, if you're not more righteous than them, you ain't going to even see the kingdom of heaven. Now, if I'm, on, if I'm sitting there, I'm saying, okay, then what's a brother to do? Then what's a brother to do? See, that, that's why he, and, and, and he explained all of that. See, here's the, here's the destination. We can't achieve righteousness. But, my brothers and sisters, he's calling us blessed when we achieve these things in our lives, when we understand these things. And we'll go through those one by one. Well, he's wanting us to understand this is something, the Beatitudes, this is something that's not executed only outwardly. This is something that has to be executed from the inside out. This is something that has to be part of your attitude, part of your being. Come on now. Okay. So, so happy, blessed, happy are the poor in spirit. Happy, blessed are those who mourn. Happy, blessed are the meek, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, are the merciful. Happy are the pure in heart. You're just to be the ultimate degree of happiness. There's, you should be, you consider yourself supremely blessed. Supremely blessed when you're a peacemaker. So, listen, consider yourself supremely blessed when you're being reviled. I, I know I'm landing on that one pretty hard because it's going to get worse and worse for us. Before we leave this earth, if the Lord takes us home before the rapture, great. But if, before we leave this earth in the rapture, by any means, it's going to get worse for us. We're going to be the, the true Christians, true believers. We'll be continue to be marginalized. We'll continue to be the ones that are called the intolerant ones. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and, and some of you already know, you know what I mean to tell you, it's, it's going to happen, it's going to continue to happen. Now, if you're not, that means that you're not in that place. That means, listen, you, you, you're probably making yourself happy with some other things right now. You're looking for other things for happiness. We cannot achieve these things. What things? I can't be a peacemaker on my own. I can't love those who hate me on my own. So, so those people who revile me, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I should be, think about that as, as a blessing, I should be happy about that. Man, are you kidding me? I, I, I'm going to be, listen, I'm going to be poor in spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mourn. I'm going to do all of these things. Naturally, that's, it doesn't come to me naturally. That's the wonderful thing about our God because God says, okay, listen, I'm going to be with you in that. So you get that through me, by me, in me. I can't do it without God. And He knows that. He's not asking us to do anything on our own. 
All of these things, these beatitudes, this attitude from within, I'm happy. I'm happy. Things are going wrong, but I'm happy. I've got things to mourn about, but I'm happy. I feel like I'm just in the right place. Come on, can you... Can, can you... Can you Humanly, according to, it, it makes no sense. It can't, it can't be achieved. Let's go back now also to Psalm 1. We started there in, um, and we read verse 1 together, but now let's read three verses together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Happy is the man who is not participating with the ungodly. That doesn't, listen, that doesn't mean that we don't have any kind of, I know uh, people, I work with people, I have the time sometimes, I have people in my family who are not born again, I still congregate, I don't do what they do, but I certainly am not going to sit there and point the finger at them. That's not how you win people to the Lord, by the way. So I'm not going to do that, I'm going to listen, I'm not going to sit there and be miserable. Why? Because I'm happy. Why? Because... I'm a peacemaker. I'm happy because I'm poor in spirit. I'm happy. Why? Because I mourn. I'm happy. Why? Because those people revile me and I know they're reviling me for a reason. Why? Because I look like Jesus. So are you with me? I'm happy. So I get around these people. So this doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that I'm, I'm, I, I never get in anybody's company who's not born again. This means that I'm not walking the way they walk. I'm not conducting my life the way they're conducting their life. I may be there in their vicinity, but I'm not doing what they're doing. You hear that, young people? You hear that, old people? It's real easy to pull out the young people, but us old people, and very old people, I'm going to look this way, and us very old people, we, we do the same thing, don't we? We don't want confrontation. We want to fit in. We don't want to rock the boat. So, you know, we're liable to just go ahead and, and compromise a little bit here or there. Or it's even our own flesh has a desire, and we justify just a little compromise here and just a little compromise there. You wonder why you're not happy? Come on now. Oh, I didn't know. See, I, that's why. I okay, so now verse t- 2. But his, the person who is following the Lord, it, is, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Blessed is the man who... See, are, are you Happy. Ultimate, I mean, supremely happy, fortunate, in a great place is the man who does not walk like everybody else walks. Why? His delight is in the law of the Lord. So what is that saying? Let's give a, a New Testament, a New Testament understanding of what that is. His delight is in the Word of God. His delight is in the Lord and his relationship with God. That's where his delight is. And in His Word, He meditates day. I'm thinking, how many of you go by your, 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 through the day, you're thinking about God, you're meditating on God. There's some scriptures on your mind or on your heart. Something bad happens and then God does bring you a scripture. Or, you know, come on now. Or something bad happens and, listen, you might be in a bad place, but then all of a sudden somebody walks by you and they may say something or you see that bumper sticker or you see something and something reminds you about a scripture or something reminds you about the Word of God, the living Word of God, Jesus. Something reminds something. I'm going to meditate on it and things change. Attitudes change. Come on now. Focus changes. Perspective changes. So that word, again, that word, remember we looked at it, it's, it's assure, assure, happiness. How happy. Somebody said, how happy to be straight. But it comes from this, uh, this other word, asher, to be straight, level. Right. You're in this place, you see. I think that's what this speaks to more than anything. So now back to Matthew. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are... The, we're going to take this one by one. Lock the door. We're just getting started. Not just kidding. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I think in uh, Luke 6, it says, blessed are the poor. So some people are, you know, well, if you're poor, then you're blessed. No, simple, simple, a simple life. It's not poor financially, not meaning that you don't have anything, 
uh, not, not meaning that, but it, it means poor in spirit. You're humble, simple. Are, are you with me? You're not looking to be top dog or with... You realize your situation as it compares to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demonstrate that through the Scripture so that you don't take Tony's word for it. Listen, in Psalm 51, when David prayed to God, this is what he said, For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You see what David is saying? I can, I can sacrifice bulls and oxen. I can do all of this stuff. But what you're really after is for me to understand spiritually how deplete I am compared to you. How deplete I am spiritually. This is about the supernatural. This is about, God is a spirit that worship Him, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Uh, how about this? John the Baptist. He said this, I must decrease. He must increase. He said, I got to die. No. Well, maybe spiritually I got to die. He's saying, I must decrease. It's not He's the one. Spiritually, Tony has to decrease so that God in me can increase. Come on, are you with me? Because spiritually, listen, spiritually, I'm, re- I'm deplete, not replete, deplete. Let me go get Micah 6 8. He has shown you, O man of God, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, walk in righteousness, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You have to be humble before God. Come on now. See, I have to realize, See, so, so poor in spirit doesn't mean I'm a poor person or spiritually I have no knowledge, no wisdom, no understanding of the Word. It doesn't mean that. It means that, listen, I, compared to God, I know that I need His help spiritually. I know that this thing, I'm not all that. I love the way the Apostle Paul says in Philippians, not that I've attained. Remember what he said? The Apostle Paul is saying, I haven't even gotten there yet. That man had, the the Bible, two-thirds of the New Testament is written by him. The Holy Spirit did mighty and unusual works through him. Even the Apostle Peter said that this guy, Paul, is getting some serious revelation from God, and some of it's hard to understand, but Paul is getting serious revelation from God. And that same Paul, that same Apostle, that same one who was worshiping and following God, that one said, I haven't gotten there yet. See, that's, being, that's recognizing yourself as spiritually poor. See, it's not about the, 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 the them and the vigor that Paul had. Paul had something. Because before he met Jesus, he was persecuting the church because he thought he was doing it the right thing for God. So he had this thing that he was going after God. He was going to fight for God. He was going to fight for what he thought was the true and living God in that moment. But my brothers and sisters, when he met Jesus, that same vim and vigor was turned around. But that same man, even with all of that, with all of the accomplishments, he names them himself. All of those things. What things? Hebrew among Hebrews. Pharisee. Remember all those things that he mentions? All of the, man, I should be, you know, if anyone could be proud about what they achieved in the flesh, it should be me because of all of these things. He says, but I, all those things that are so highly valued, highly valued, he said, they're garbage as it relates to me and the knowledge of, of Christ. Come, come, am I losing you? This is exciting stuff. This is blessing me. Spiritually poor, blessed are those, listen, who are poor in spirit. I acknowledge I need more of God. I need less of Tony. I need more of God. I got another Old Testament example. I love this. In Isaiah, Isaiah was a mighty prophet, a mouthpiece for God. I'm going to read to you real sick from uh, just two verses, but we're jumping. In verse 1 of chapter 6, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And Isaiah goes on to describe what he sees, right? And the beasts and, and all of that stuff. And, and he, it was just, it took him back. Now remember, this is chapter 6. Isaiah had already been prophesying and already had a relationship with God. He was already receiving revelation from God. Come on, somebody pay attention. He's already having all of this. So now, after he sees, this is what he said in verse 5, Woe is me, for I am undone. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I see Him, and I see how spiritually poor I am. Come on! 
Do you see that? So blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed. Happy. You're in a good place. Do you, do, come on. Are you getting that? See, that, that's what I'm blessed. I, I, I look at myself and I see, man, I'm a weakling spiritually. Yes, I'm in that place now that God can pour into me. See, I'm in that place now. I can walk humbly with my God, right? Peace, happiness, all of this stuff that I think, man, Jesus is defining for us. Look, when you, do, when you look like this, when you have these attitudes, when you have these bees, this is, what you, this is how you become happy. This is how you are blessed. This is what fulfills you. This is what, come on now. Am I the only one in here? Listen, wait, wait, wait. Think about this. Man, if you, I, I, I'm trying not to look at the news, not even a little bit. Try not to hear. I, you know, it used to be the election year was the year, but now that the election year starts the, the three years before the election. I'm so sick of it. And then you hear nothing but the griping and the complaining and the crying and the moaning and blah, 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 the lies and the deceit. I'm so sick of it. It's hard to be happy in the middle of that. Come on, for me. So I don't even want to listen to that anymore. You, you know, you get bad reports, either whether it's medical, you know, whether you know, the kids are acting a fool, you know, maybe your relationship isn't going well you know, financially. You know, uh, you're one that the business is not going to be picked back up after this pandemic, and now you've got to find another job, or whatever the case may be. You, know, you work for a real jerk. You know, Steve wouldn't know what that's like, but, you know, you, <laughs> you work for a real jerk. But, but see, but, so you're unhappy. You, you, you let those things, you know, cause you to be un, unhappy. And you think, I'm not blessed. You are blessed. You're blessed. It doesn't feel that way. Come on, let's be real. Man, it doesn't feel that way. I'm not experiencing that. It's my attitude. I'm not going to say you. I'm going to say, I'm going to just talk to Tony. It's my attitude. I've got to be these things. These be attitudes. I've got to be poor in spirit. I've got to be poor in spirit. I've got to recognize my own lack spiritually, so that I could receive from Him. Have you ever heard people say uh, about themselves or about other oh, that person's really spiritual. Are they a Christian? Well, no, but they're just really sensitive. To... I've, I've had people come in and say, man, I just can sense it. Don't know the first thing about the Word of God. So I don't know what spirit they're acting under. And I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on anybody, but here's the thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, Tony, can it be? No. If you don't know anything about the Word of God, then you are not a spiritual being. You're not, oh, this, let me, let me retract that. We're all spiritual beings. But you are not super spiritual. And, and listen, those of us who have been studying, when I lo- use the example as of a Paul, who truly was being used of God, truly got revelation from God, when he himself says, not that I've attained, I still need to do this thing. I still need to carry on. I still need to... What did he say? Press on. I still need to press on. Forgetting those things that are behind, I need to press on. So how many of us are pressing on right now? Come on now. Listen, I'm not saying pressing on, reaching for the prize. I'm not saying pressing on, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stomach this a little... No, I'm saying pressing on. Lord, I want to... Listen, I want to be fed spiritually. Lord, I want you to enrich me spiritually. Lord, I see that I'm deplete, that I still need to grow spiritually. I see that I'm still lacking in my spiritual bank account. Lord, I need you to deposit something for me in my spiritual bank account. How many of us are pressing on? Are we okay where we're at? Are we okay where we're at? Well, I go to church, I pray, you know, I, I do uh, think about the Word, I read the Word, you know, everything's okay, blah, 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 I'm relatively happy, blah, blah. So our walk with God then depends on how we feel in that moment. We're relatively happy. You know, that's not what he's saying. And so for me, when I find myself in those ups and downs, depending on my situation, now, I'm, I'm, now I get into this Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is speaking specifically to His followers, to His closest followers. 
He's speaking specifically. I want to be a close follower. So specifically, He's speaking to me. And He's saying, I, if, if, I'm happy. I'm supremely happy. I'm blessed. I'm to be envied. I'm prospering. Listen, when I realize that I'm poor in spirit. Hallelujah. But what am I willing to, see, what am I willing to let distract me or to steal from me? Got a good job, got a raise. Oh man, now I'm happy and everything's great. I'm happy. Okay, what happens, what happens when they, uh, if they shut down again and your business closes? You get furloughed. Happiness gone. I was thinking, my brothers and sisters, I really, when I was studying this and, and, and praying and meditating, I was, you know what really came to mind? <clears throat> the prodigal son. Awesome, awesome. In Luke 15. I'm, I'm just going to summarize it for you. We, most of us know this story. We remember. Now, the, you know, the, this, Jesus is telling this parable. It's about a rich man who has two sons. The younger of the two comes to him and says, give me my inheritance now. You're taking a little bit too long to die. I want to go ahead and live. I want to get out of here. I want to live. I want to go out there. I want to do my thing. Isn't that the equivalent of what he's... Give me my inheritance now. So, the, the father divides, gives it to him, and he goes off. And he lives an unsaved, uncontrolled life. Doing the thing that, you know, makes him happy. Was the father still his father? Yeah. He was. We know what happens. The money runs out because he's not he's he's doing all of this uncontrolled, unsaved living. The money runs out, all of his good time buddies run out, finds himself in a pig pen, just longing to eat what the pigs are eating. Comes to himself. See, I love the way that word says the word the word says it to us. He comes to himself. He remembers something. He remembers something. And he says something like this. Even my father's servants, even the ones who are not even related to my father, even the, the people that my father hires to help him, they're around my father because they're paying him, they're, them to be there. He's paying them to be there. Even they get treated so much better than this. Right? He says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. I'm going to apologize to my father, and I'm going to ask him just to make me his servant. Right? We remember the story? So that's exactly what he does. My brothers and sisters, look at Listen. Listen. Was he happy when he was in the pig pen? He was, he was a little bit happy in the, at first when he spent in the money, right? He, he's happy. But listen, was he blessed? No. He, he wasn't blessed. He wasn't blessed. That, that, that wasn't a blessing. He, he wasn't blessed. He was out there living away from the Father. He was out there. He wasn't blessed. He might have been happy, short term. But now, now here's the blessing. He comes back to the Father. He thinks he's going to have to say this speech. He's, he's rehearsed this speech. He's going back to the Father. And he means it from his heart. But he's going back to the Father. And I'm, I mean it. I'm just going to be a hireling. I mean it. I'm just going to be a servant. I'm, I, I mean it. I'm, I'm Father, I've sinned before you and before God. And... And man, he can't even finish his speech. And the father is putting the ring on his finger, putting the robe back on him, and restoring him to the position that he had before he left. My brothers and sisters, that's blessed. See, the son didn't realize, come on now, the son didn't realize because he didn't see the end. Right? He was short-sighted. And see, my brothers and sisters, I think that's where I'm suffering. That's where a lot of us sometimes suffer because we're not seeing the end. God is blessing us with the end in mind. We're already blessed. But God sees exactly where this thing is going. He sees the road before, during, after. He sees around the corner when we can't even hardly see the corner. Hallelujah. I'm blessed because my Father who loves me, my Father who is the one who is blessing me, my Father is the one who also sees ahead of me, and my Father is the one that lets me know, Son... Me and you, we're doing this together. Now, you can go over there and you can you know, make some money or you can have that fine spouse or significant other. Oh, you can, you can have that great car. You can have that great job. 
But that ain't forever. That can all go away. And I won't even have to take it from you. Because it all is of corruption. No. Man, we, we see the prodigal son. He was the father loved to bless him. And so now here's, here's what we see. Here's the end. Of, so now the son, the older son who never left, who's sitting there, he gets all upset. He's all mad. He doesn't even want to join the party. He doesn't even want to rejoice. Why? Why? Because he was about the good times, the happiness. He was about the things. He wasn't about enjoying the Father. He wasn't about fellowship with the Father. He was there just for the things. He was there just... See, that's the difference between law and spirit. He was there doing what the Father said, doing what... Just performing, just like... uh, I'm going to do this, and the Father's going to give me that. I'm going to do this, and the Father's going to owe me that. I'm going to do this, and then when He dies, I'm going to get most of it because I'm the older brother, so I'm just going to go ahead and walk this line while I can. And so then He's resentful inside of Him. He's resentful. Why? Because I'm walking this walk. He got all of that stuff. I didn't, he didn't have to wait for you to die. But you know what? The older brother got it too. How he's, he's, he's squandered it and you're welcoming him back? How does that work? How does, what, 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 are you kidding me? And I'm here working my tail off? Well, why? Why don't you just enjoy the blessing of the Father? Why don't you just enjoy being my son? Why don't you just enjoy being my child? Why are you looking at all of this other stuff? Can't you just be happy being my son, my daughter? Uh-oh. See, this is, this is not landing. What do, you, what, do we need to be, what do we need to call ourselves blessed? The older son was blessed. He didn't even know it. Because he's looking for something else and he's, he's jumping through religious hoops. He's being religious so that he can be cared for, so that he can be provided for. The other son realized the father is the blessing. The father is the blessing. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Stand with me, please.